All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Outside Line, episode number 21. We're back. It's been a hot minute, but uh, we're back once again uh, with a special guest this time. And um, long time waiting. One for being on the podcast, but also slightly for, uh, for copying himself a win in the, uh, the State sure. Series as well. It's Mr. Scotty Roberts. How you doing, Scotty? I'm doing very well, thank you guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming along. Of course, my name is Ben Snell, and I'm joined by our regular co-hosts, Kate Lindstrom and Jackson Snell. How are you two doing? Oh, killer. Had a good weekend. Can't complain. Uh, you're, you should be very happy, right? <laughs> yep, I'm pretty happy. I got some silverware over on the 3D printer there, so it's good good time at the Lovely. moment. Yeah, so we've actually really well, man. We've got yeah two people in here that have had some recent success, which is it's just really good. Um, all right, so uh, before we get into the the trials and tribulations of um, the last couple of um, drift events and what's coming up, we do have a special guest, of course, Mr. Scotty Roberts. So, um, Scotty, give us your drift resume. Who are you, and uh, what have you done with drifting in your your oh, not super long career? Because you were a DJ before that, but <laughs> oh, you bring, bring it up the wild guns already. Oh, I knew yeah. I was like, oh, I wonder yeah. when you'll bring it. I was like, I wonder when you'll bring up the DJ shit. It's it was a like, question straight away. It was a question straight away. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I um, I was pretty much like everybody else, man. Like I loved jack cars growing up. Absolutely loved them. And you know, coming from a sort of motocross background, where you know, I wasn't too good on two wheels in motocross at all. So I ended up getting a quad actually as a kid. And the principle of learning to drift on a quad was something that I just fell in love with. And I was like, man, if I could one day do that in a car, that'd be awesome. And lo and behold, like later in life, because this was in the 90s, I started seeing drifting come out and I was like, this has got to happen. So um, saved up the money, bought a S13 SR20 Sylvia, with a turbo that was absolutely haggis at the time i had no idea what to look at at all but the guy said that it was mint uh started straight away but apparently it needed a new cast in it and then it would start and me being me i was like oh that's cool man oh that's fine yeah <laughs> so i bought a cast for it put it in hold nah not even close so anyways uh started off with that sylvia got it running learned from there and um yeah, I guess over the years, like everybody else, to sort of develop the car as to what goes along. You soon learn pretty quick as to what brakes and what handles pretty well. And uh, you soon realize that eBay parts aren't exactly as great as what they thought they should be. And um, yeah, I, I started doing more and more practices out at Malala because that was pretty much the only thing that was going back then um besides the old so what, what year did you start actually like drifting well, like it was on 11, track? Year, 11 years ago so what's that so like 2011 2012 ish around that yeah, yeah. around that yeah time. it's about when i started as well yeah exactly i think you and i were pretty much doing it at the same time i think jack had been doing it for a few years before that as well yeah well jack's the one that got me into it originally so yeah yeah and um yeah just kept going the way that it was going and it was doing well and started getting uh, a kind of decent at it and started doing comps and just the rest is history, man. So nice, is nice. that car that you've got now, is that the original one that you bought 
No, no. So it's not. Um, I ended up having a bad crash at a Matsuri a long time ago now, back when the car was yellow. And um, that was the original shell. And we, long story short, uh, some dude span out in corner two. I was the top of third gear, had absolutely nowhere to go, slammed on my brakes completely. I, and ironically, bananaed the car around his car. And um, from there, I was like, oh, man, this shell is done. You know, like the, the foot pedal. I remember the accelerator pedal from the impact was sitting pretty much over the top of the clutch. Ooh. I was like, yeah, that's that's done. Um, so then I put the cool out to, you know, I need another S13 shell but this one I'll build from the ground up. And lo and behold, Matty Ween gets in contact with me and says, I've got an S13 shell sitting in the back of my shed uh, that I was planning to do something with one day, but I'd much rather you get onto it and you know, you make something out of it. And he literally came to my workshop that night with his dad and dropped off an S13 shell to my door and didn't ask a single thing for it. Yeah, right. Yeah, and That's cool. Yeah, it, it was like, he is a real good guy, man. And the car wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. So it started from there. And this one I got to build proper. So, you know, I've, being a powder coater, obviously I've got access to a sandblaster. So we sandblasted the whole thing. Um, got it back to the bare metal and stitch welded. Well, the car was already stitch welded. It was really, really good shell, like a really good, proper, clean shell and uh yeah we just kept sort of working on that doing bracing and tubs and fittings for air jacks but yeah so this is the new the new shell now yeah right so speaking of um being a powder coater this is probably a great time to uh give us a quick plug on on edwardstown powder coating and and uh yeah. the stuff you do through there because it's not just powder coating you and it's like you and your family have like a whole string of businesses in that little yeah, area we do. There. Yeah, yeah we do so we've got um robert's metal fabrication next door which is obviously us as well and uh we work in conjunction uh to produce um some work for sa police all the police cars that you see going around so we work doing all that and we powder coat the parts and put them all together and obviously you've got other contracts that we have through work as well but every now and again we'll do well i'll do something special for somebody that i know so we don't really do more of the smaller style of parts now it's more along the the larger contracting stuff but every now and again for people that i know or anybody that's involved with drift they say you know i've got some rims or you know sway bars or or anything like that rocker covers especially uh you know i'll do it for them and it's it's good fun doing that because you know you, you have a bit of a, a um what do i say self self-satisfaction after it's done for sure because they love it so how's your year going thus far Give us, give us a bit of a rundown. The year for me, mate, this has been honestly the, without a doubt, the best year of drifting that I've ever had. Um, you know, kicking off the year with being able to go to Adelaide Motorsport Festival was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, you know, love to do that again. That was just a crazy experience. So that was, that was the highlight already. And then obviously round two uh ended up coming away with the win for that one and yeah ever since then it's been it's been really good there's a lot of there's a lot of confidence there now uh so you know back a couple of years ago or even just sort of going up through the drifting 
I always felt like I had to perform and I'd always get myself so down if I didn't get the results that I was so sorely hungry for, you know, and I put myself up on that pedestal of, you know, you can, you can do it. You can get up there. You can, you can be that person to, to take away the win. But every time that I went in with sort of that attitude, nothing really could come of it. And then not to mention at the time, I wasn't exactly in the best headspace as we all go through every now and again. And, um, this year has been completely different. It's just like, I've got the mentality now where it's, um, what should I say? I don't give a shit of what happens out there. I guess you should say, um, what will be, will be when I'm out there. If I don't make it to the top 16, that shit, but you know, if we go to the pub, um, and we reflect on what happened that day and try to make it better from there, but the confidence level really kicked off when, I started driving more and more with these guys. So I sort of had my set drivers that I would drive with in practices and stuff. And then I broadened my horizons and I was like, right, now I'm going to start driving with the campaigns and the Viersmas and the Hemmings and the, the Mayellos and the hooligans and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the sort of the heavy hitters that you see that you, you, that you, you know, when you're in the car and you're in a competition, and you have somebody that pulls up next to you, like, for example, Dale Campaign or Luke Beersma. Back in the day, that would just cause sort of instant anxiety for me. You know, I'd be like, here we go. These guys are, you know, the elite sort of level of what they do, and they're going to make quick work of me. But being out on the track and driving with them, you realise that, holy shit, I, I can stay with them in some aspects of it, and I can be up there with them. And having the confidence of being able to stay with those guys has helped me to achieve the results that I'm getting this year. So I just hope that I can still keep it going. If That's what that, they say. Oh, if, yeah. you, sorry, if you want to <clears throat> drive better, you have to drive with people that are better than you. And Absolutely. At the end sure. of the day, it's all about seat time. That's right. And if you're not there driving with the people that essentially you look up to when you can have the opportunity to do so, um, not just in comp, like in, in the practice sessions and, and practice rounds. And I'm the same. I'll sort of normally drive with people like Ben and, you know, like Tate, for example, sort of. You drive people with people you, drive you with. know, that you feel comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the thing is that you don't get any better That's by just doing zone. that all the time. Yeah. That's right. And you've got to yeah. push yourself. And and obviously that's, yeah, one thing that you've been the same as, as me in, in some aspects and a lot of people really, you you haven't let yourself or you haven't pushed yourself mm. to just just that little bit more. And That's when right. you yeah. figure that out, it's it's amazing how quickly you can. And progress. also, like, yeah, um, you've got different drivers. I know I pick up a lot more cues and, and figure out a lot more stuff when I drive with other drivers. Rather, if you drive with the same drivers all the time, you sort of they have their style and that's sort of what you see mm. you know what they're going to do yeah but so if you, you just go if you oh, watch they're going to enter like this i'll do this yeah, if you yeah. watch it yourself exactly. and you yeah. see it done firsthand when you're chasing like that sticks in your brain much more than watching a video of someone else doing something or doing that so you yeah, expose sure. yourself to yeah, a lot definitely. more yeah. different styles of driving and and then you can apply that yourself that's right and i think one of the major things that i've come across from this weekend that it's i feel a bit ashamed of thinking about it now is I need to learn to also drive with cars that are slower because mm. that requires a hell of a lot of skill to be able to adjust for that too. And 
you know, every now and again, you might come up with, uh, as we all know, up against a car that's, you know, obviously not the same horsepower as what you are, and you've got to adjust for that. And I'm not too used to that as of yet. And I think that's the main sort of goal now is to try to get some some other practice in with some guys that have got, you know, the the 350Zs, the, the, the NA350Zs and stuff yeah. like that. I think that would be a, a good starting point to to learn even more. Yeah, and even with the speed gate and, yeah, and you... that kind of thing, like getting an idea mm. of, you know, what it, what it takes to get chasing a 350Z that's stock into the speed gate because i had yeah. one of my battles yeah. where i chased a stock 350z and i genuinely thought i hit his rear bumper as i tucked in behind him as we went down to yeah. the first corner and I, I backed out of the throttle because of that so it's even that kind of stuff mm. that can trip you up even before you start drifting exactly and i saw you know there was a a couple of runs where luke really was battling some people uh Viesma, and his ability to be able to just pull up against sort of anything and make it work really well is just incredible to watch. So, also lots of torque helps with that. Oh man, <laughs> that car is absolutely insane. Yeah. I was doing practice laps with him in the morning. Yeah, and I, I had my window that. down. Yeah, you guys yeah. are doing a lot of laps together in in the morning yeah. practice. Yeah, and um, only because I, I sort of knew I was like, if if I somehow managed to make it back up into the top eight. I know at some stage I'm going to come up against him. So I want yeah. to get as much practice in as possible. And um, I learned real quick to wind my window up around corner two. Jesus, <laughs> man. That thing. The exhaust that, points out the passenger back. It points out and up. Well, so right at your head. It is. Yeah. And it's like when he hits that note, it just pierces. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's, it is unreal. He's one, of, it's one of those cars that you feel like you might have to like actually wear earplugs. Like when you yeah. when you're driving near it, like it's so ridiculously yeah, loud. Yeah, but like it was. I remember well, he has to wear earplugs when he drives it. Yeah, so. I remember mm. watching. I think it was one of his chases in one of his battles. Uh, the, he transitioned from one to two, and then he literally didn't get on the throttle until halfway through turn two. He just yeah. idled, and he's still on the dude's door. Like, oh yeah, he, he couldn't. He literally went, uh, and then he watched the, the the person in front of him get a bit of grip and go in the year. Right, and he actually gets on the throttle. Oh, it's insane. The, like the the amount of speed that that car picks up, even just from blipping the throttle, is yeah, it's incredible. Nuts. It's not absolutely incredible. But speaking yeah. of other things that are fancy with cars, um, you have a fancy new gearbox in your car. How how's that treating you, mate? It's um, it's unbelievable. Do you get a stiffy every time you change gears? Dude, it's hard to uh, hard to hide it for sure. What is it? When I'm sitting what in box there. did you put in? Uh, I went all out, man. I put a Hollinger in it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was my reaction too. Yeah, yeah, um, that's rad. I, uh, oh, it, it's been a dream for so long, and you know, I, I tried not to get myself to a stage where I was super pumped for it. Because, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, you, you'll love it and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't, from previous experience, I don't want to get my hopes up too much for something that's okay. You know what I mean? And then it went in the car and I was like, this is everything that I ever <laughs> thought that it was going to be and more. Like, it has completely transformed the car. It feels faster, but that's because of the gear ratio in it. Yeah. Um, 
but it's just absolutely incredible. And the quick shift as well. It's so beautiful. Like you can literally rest two fingers on top of the gear shifter and just click and it's just bang straight into the next gear. It is a lovely bit of kit. So is that a uh, throttle cut when you go up gears? Yeah, so it's um you've got a choice. You can either do the uh the fuel cut or the ignition cut. Um I went for ignition cut only because I wanted the bang when I changed gears because I'm a wanker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um yeah, it's just you can you can have that. I think so. You, you basically got an i thirty n now as a drift car. Pretty odd. <laughs> the bang crackle tune. Absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, I remember going to Clipsal and stuff, hearing them change gears, and they crack when they go through as well. Yeah. So I don't know if they've got a ignition card or. I was going to say your car's so just about knows. the right color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> How did you find yeah, like adapting to like driving it with a sequential? Well. Yeah. It's a good, it, um, I learned real quick only because of my experience with bikes. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, having a, having a road bike and, and race bike, uh, we've got quick shift on them already. And the gears are, as you would know, Jack, straight up and down. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just, it's no different to in a car. The only difference is, is that you change with your hand instead of your foot. So yeah. I adapted real good. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, cool. Right, well, we should probably get into uh, to round three now. We've uh, grilled Wendy enough here. <laughs> he's uh, he's using his mum. No one's going to know anything what that no. means unless they're on He's using his mum's laptop, Everybody so it's that got doesn't Wendy know, Roberts down the bottom. I've signed in with my mum's Skype because <laughs> I don't have a Skype. <laughs> so round three, oh. out at Malalar again, the same usual layout that we've run a couple of times now. It uh, affectionately known as the ADGP layout because that was where yeah. ADGP went. We're going to do something different with Malalar. It's literally the only thing that you can do different, unless you want to yeah. try and run it backwards or something like that. But um, yeah, which is sick, I will say. Yeah, that was sick. You got to backwards. do that once, didn't you, Jack? Yeah, burnouts uh, demos. I don't know, six months ago. Yeah, we got yeah. we got in trouble for it at the end of it. Yeah. We got in trouble for it, but. Well, it wasn't that the going was backwards. It was weird. going backwards and forwards at the same time was the issue. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. Anyway, long story. But anyway, thanks, Bo and freaking Elliot. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that was it was so weird, though. Turn two feels like such a long corner as it is. Doing it backwards is like you just sit there and you're like, you just watch the crowd. Burnouts had yeah. quite a big crowd. It was like you're coming around, you're just like looking directly at him. It was so weird. But yeah, anyway, uh, moving on to round three, the normal way of doing two corners. Mm. How did you find it, Tate? How did you find the uh, the sort of bigger entry into into corner one? I've always done reasonably well at Malalar. Out of out of all the places that we go to all outs that we run, Malalar is probably the one that works for me the best. I think it's it's pretty technical, um, and you've got to be pretty committed and have your like procedure into turn one be pretty down pat. Um, so that you know you're entering the same spot each time because you, yeah. there's not a lot of like points that you can look at to get into that corner in the same spot and you can't you got to trust that you're on the line because a lot of the times I was running dead on the line that Stewie had actually put out and I had no idea I just assumed that this is where I was last time and last practice the judges said that I was in the right spot um yeah. So yeah, I found I was hitting the ripple strip 
and using the ripple strip as like a a timing thing going into turn one. Yeah. Like when it when it come off the ripple strip, I knew that there was a certain amount of time I needed to give it before I lit off, um, which I ended up getting me in the end because I smashed everything on that rear quarter and uh, not the rear quarter, <laughs> the the uh, control the arm and the suspension and the reservoir for the shock and the bolt for the shock came out. But uh, I was hitting it lap after lap because then I could tell where I had to light off into that corner. Mm. I, I would say as well, like obviously being up at the stand all day, like from practice onwards and watching, you were one of the only people, Tate, that actually got out of the old mentality of turn one. So like for, for those that aren't aware, like the traditional layout of Malala through turn one is a real fast kink and then into like a nearly 180 degree turn for turn two. Whereas the layout that we run actually runs off the runoff on the outside of turn one and then come back onto the track into turn two. So it extends turn one and makes that transition a lot more noticeable. But a lot of people that have driven Malala for 10, 15 years have a very, very set muscle memory of where they need to enter turn one to drive through turn one on the traditional layout. You're one of the only people that I was noticing actually physically entering later, snapping to angle and then lighting off. Whereas so many people, like Scotty included, you could watch him, they'd go, hit it, and go, fuck, handbrake, handbrake, yeah. handbrake, 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 go. Like, it was, it was. you could tell uh, everyone that had driven Malar heaps and was still stuck in that old muscle memory. And yeah. then people that Honestly? were, like, changing. And then you had Viesma, who'd never driven it before. Mm. He followed, he had someone in front of him. Perfect, fine. Obviously, you know, chasing, great. He could not get it right for the life of him because there's no reference. Like you were saying, well, there's no exactly. reference markers into turn yeah. one. And because he had no experience on it at all. He had he had no like he was just you know clutching at his drawers every lap. And he said, like, yeah. I had a chat with him and, and Peter afterwards. He goes, because yeah. I just couldn't get the entry. I couldn't figure out the entry. And with a course that's so short and so technical, you get the entry wrong, the whole court, the whole lap's gone. Mm. Yeah, I struggled immensely with that from exactly from what you were saying about you got that muscle memory of 11 years of doing the corner. Three cracks a limiter and grab the handbrake. <laughs> Three cracks a limiter, baby. And uh, pull up on that handbrake and away you go. But um, I think also that the change of surface got me pretty bad as well because that inside corner that we're so used to going to is usually got a decent amount of rubber on there. So there's a fair hefty amount of grip, but sort of shooting out and then going into that area of the ADGP line, I found the grip was, um, it wasn't bad, but it was certainly less than, than what it was. And in some instances, you know, you found yourself really getting caught out. Yeah. I, I found a lot of people um, were shallow into turn one where they wouldn't follow the line around the outside. That sort of, no, cut they, across through the clip and then end up really late yeah. on the transition and like yeah. opening up that transition. Yeah, and they weren't getting they were sort of half straight lining that transition and then coming yeah. into turn two like really late. As really well. late and then they'd have to like have this slow this arc that was like real tight at the start and then opened out. Yeah. Yeah. Um mm. rather than like yeah, it was like a, a cascading thing from the start of the run from the start of uh, turn one, where they it, it would go throughout the, the entire run. Yeah. Yeah, you just watch them chase the car the entire run. 
try and chase mm. that line and and you know they'd get back onto about halfway through turn two but by then it was yeah it was sloppy exactly. i'd honestly be wrecked trying to do that layout in my car because one i can't single flick my car very well at all oh dude and so two, my thing is like come out of the s's grab a gear throw a scander yeah like, yeah that's my muscle memory is like i can't single flick well, then you, you, got, well you got me well. that used the, the bump at the start finish line to start my stand up. Like, that's where I go. But yeah. um, watching Tim Greaves doing the pro rides in, in the VZ, like doing the transition, like, because you, you, you're pretty, it's a pretty, even when you're not on the ripple strip, there's still a pretty solid hump there. And you watch, like, you know, the pro rides go through and Dale go through and then Dave, you go through and then Tim Greaves, like, Bouncing all up and down. Yeah. <laughs> it, brings, it brought back memories of my VYSS unit at ADGP when we first did that. Yeah, in like twenty. It's 14. rough. It's so oh, rough, so bad. I remember like hitting it so hard, I like lost it. And I don't remember who it was. I think it was like Levi Clark or someone, and I lost it. Like I was gone, and I didn't realize he was right behind me, and he just went straight into the quarter, my quarter. <laughs> and he's like. You transition so weird. I'm like, it's because my car's getting airborne. Brad, to you, <laughs> like, what do you want me to <laughs> do? do? You want kick springs, mate? What do you want? You're on a freaking pro S15 or whatever the f you want. Anyway. All right. So um, we, we, we'll bang through some results as well. So um, obviously with the DSA stuff, we have L2 and L1. L2 is for, you know, developing drivers, guys, you know, getting into the sport. Maybe the cars aren't quite up to spec. You know, they're building their way up or, you know, just not don't have the confidence yet. Um, we had a solid amount of L2 drivers. Actually, it's one thing we could talk about with Malar as well is the entry numbers definitely seem to be a little bit lower at Malar compared to the Bend. Mm. And we also had a fair amount of attrition this round. Um, we had a lot of cars. Um, with I spoke pieces. to Renee. She said that it was the same numbers as last year. as At Malar. Entry numbers, yeah. Because yeah. I was thinking the same thing, but I was counting people that I knew that weren't there, like Scotty, Dale not competing, yeah. Green Hill, etc. But Dale, I think there Dale was a lot of other people the that came in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, and like you know, he had Aussie had his um his ECU shit the bed mm. finally after that was threatening rough. to do it for the last year and a half. It's it's finally yeah. done it as he's gone and you know got all getting getting his all his link stuff sorted mm. but um yeah so go to l2 um couple of notable notable things um liam kirk in that um r33 so liam kirk had the the bax r6 ute reshelled it into a 33 so it's still barra powered it's all the running gear out the ute in a 33 uh i think they got it finished at like 10 o'clock on friday night or something like that like it was a real like you know right to the um right to the post kind of deal but he came out and um, he podiumed, so he, he finished third. So it was great to see him get real comfortable in that car real fast. Um, that was bloody impressive. Like, I was speaking to his dad. He'd driven it before he got to Malala, I think it was Saturday. He'd driven it on and off the trailer at the dyno. Yeah. Like, brand new build. That spent a lot of time and a lot of money on that on yeah. that car. So to come out and not only get through the whole event, but also um, manage to get used to it and then, podium that's a bloody impressive effort i think i think the one thing he's lucky with is it it's still uh the same physical running gear so you don't have that drive line teething issue part like where you've gone you went to your new shell and then it's and same as troy it's it's the running gear seemed to be the the, the nightmare um 
in terms of the shell is just getting obviously used to driving a boat instead of an actual barge. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone goes. I like, mean, they both float, you know, yeah. same, same. Yeah, just obviously a lot more grip in a 33 as well, not having, you know, leaf spring rear and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, uh, just missing out on the podium was Rick Biglands. Um, again, it's uh, Rick's been there or thereabouts for a long time now um, in that really cool, like, seafoam green S13. Real, it looks real stock, like, it looks like a straight car, but it makes like, Around or something kilowatts and is you know a good party car. Um, Briggs had some up and downs and it was good to see him up near the top. Yeah. And then um, our, our final, so our final was against two people that haven't won L one because uh, oh that's someone that's been missing is Quang. We haven't seen Quang in a little bit. I think yeah. he's taking a year off. Yeah. So um, and then um, another one um, is uh, Jacob Jacob Clark who's won the first two rounds. Um, didn't even make make the uh, top, I think he got knocked out in the top eight from memory. Uh, yeah, so we had uh, two first-time competitors uh, for, for the um, for the win battling in the finals. It was um, second place went to Alex Coxon in that, uh, again, very street style. Um, well, I think it's actually got Rego. He's an actual street car. It's um, got plates on it. Yeah, it's got plate. Yeah, but a lot of cars have plates on them that aren't really a street car, right? <laughs> But um, Alex Coxon in the uh, the red, um, I think it's SR powered still, um, standard SR, um, 180 SX. So um, good work to him. Um, the the battle for the final was insane. I think they ended up going five times, so four reruns, something like that. Four three reruns, four battles. Like it was it was nuts. Um, but yeah, so taking the L1 victory for round three ML, I was my boy Will Argoon. In the AU Falcon, so wagon, wagon. I, it's, it's a wagon. It's a wagon. Really it's a wagon. Wag. So, the wag. And like, it's still NA. Like, it's got a barra in it, but it's still an NA barra. Funniest story: Why it has a barra in it, though? He thought the motor was stuffed in the Intec, and it wasn't. He pulled it out, and then realized there was a spacer thing in the throttle body still because it was on gas originally. Oh so yeah. So the throttle body was like that mm. big instead of that big. Yeah. He thought it was just a gutless intake. He thought it was stuff, so he put the barrel in it. Well, he thought he cooked it because he um, also, like, it was the that um, Mala, uh, not Mala, the band event that I took the red yeah. BS to. And I absolutely cooked the shit out of my car, and he also absolutely cooked the shit out of his. And he's like, Yeah, I reckon, yeah. I reckon I've cooked today. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not yeah. quite. He was telling me in the pokies at Taylor Ben last round. He's like, Yeah, put a barrel in it. I'm like, Yeah, yeah. So I didn't yeah. actually have like, to. <laughs> didn't actually have to. It was just the throttle body or whatever it was was had some thing in it because it was a gas car originally. So, I was like, oh, at least it's got a bar in it now. So Gertie's <laughs> had two seconds and now a first. So um, he is going to have to slap a turbo on that bar and come join us in L1 next year because he ain't mm. he ain't going to be allowed to stay in L2. He'll be uh, definitely promoted up. But yeah, Will's driving was real, real good, real solid, real consistent, and. It's, like one of the more aggressive, like obviously from a car that's slower as well. So you can see he was like being super aggressive on his initiations, knowing that being close at the start and then falling away is better than starting heaps farther away and falling away. <laughs> <laughs> but, what um, was the line that I heard? He is both in front and behind. Yeah. So he was, he was uh, I think it was him and Coxon. 
And he was up on Coxon's door in turn two, and literally, physically, the car was both in front of the front of Alex's car and behind it at the <laughs> same time. Like, it was absolutely nuts. <laughs> Long boy. Long boy. And that's still uh, Leaf's rear as well. So it's got that's shock wax in it, though. I can't believe he can steer that thing with leaps in the back. Yeah, but he's got shock work. So if you want to see, mm. if you want to plug for how good shock works are, Leaf Spring AU Wagon winning winning drift comps with shock work suspension. So, <laughs> mm. hi, Chris. He's a good man, Chris. Hi. <laughs> yeah, hold on. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't get a, plug the I didn't get a shirt. <laughs> you get a shirt. I didn't get a shirt. No. I spent two and a half thousand dollars in collars. Didn't even get a shirt. I didn't even get a shirt. This is bullshit. Spent fifty thousand dollars on tools and got this cool sticker. Do you want to um take us through results for L one tape? No, I'll let someone else do that. you do you want to do it, Jay, or do I have to do it? Well, I mean, I can do it. I wasn't there though, but I got a thing that says who came where, and I watched some of the live stream. Do you want me to do it? I can do it. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. It's okay. Yeah, I want to so, make you do it. Yeah, Go on. He doesn't want to say his own, he doesn't want to say his own name. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to say my own name. That's weird. Um, so, fourth place, uh, Luke Viesma. So, he got knocked out by Hayden in the top four. Yeah. Um, I think I was actually not able to view it myself, but... Um, yeah, so I'm pretty sure he got knocked out. Did it go to a rerun, or do you know what the main uh, reason was behind from that? From memory, it was Luke's... It did go to a rerun, because Luke's lead was in the first run. Luke's lead was um, not, not shit, but not great. It was very... And for someone that we, you know, you know the quality of the car and the quality of the driver was definitely like a lackluster lead. Uh, and then his chase was absolutely like phenomenal, um, mm-hmm. as we expect from Luke. So they kind of like evened each other out, and Hayden was uh, pretty um, middle of the road. Um, and then when they went to the rerun, um, Hayden just cha- like stepped his chase up a little bit more. Luke tidied up the lead, but Hayden absolutely like stepped up on the chase. And then um, obviously Luke's you know did Luke things, but just yeah, it wasn't quite enough for Luke. Um, Again, the thing is just his leads were letting him down, just really struggling when they both had a really good chase. But then Hayden's leads were on point all weekend as well. Like, I'm pretty sure mm. he did drop, like, tyres on the outside of one, but pretty much everyone's been was dropping tyres that weekend. And yeah, the tyre, um, the it, it's not like FD where you drop two tyres on the outside and you basically lose the front, um, especially on that course. Because technically... Technically, the outside line on turn two was the white line that's about a car length in from the edge of the track. And everyone was using that as the inside of the outer clip, basically, because everyone was over that line for the entire, like, you know, the entire weekend. So, like, it's not like a a single It's also not consistent, the concrete on the outside. Like, it, it, I, I had one there with Lippy where I was right on the outside and you could feel like, the concrete come in on the corner and you yeah. hit the dirt for a second. Yeah. And then it would come back up and the car would settle again. But the thing is, you shouldn't be that far out. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, so I know there was a few people in the live stream going like, oh, how did Hayden win when he had like two, like a very clear tyre drop on, on his lead? It's like, because tyre drops really don't mean shit. Like, mm. not on that layout. Like, that's not what the judge is. You know, when you have a driver's briefing, the judges will tell you what they're looking for and they're not, 
super focused on tire drops because they know you can't really fucking see on the outside of turn one. Um, and they can't or, see it either. Like, yeah. We can, you can see it. Two, isn't it's, it great it's better, but it's not great. Like, you know, obviously we can see better than what you can see from the driver's seat when you're coming through turn one, but it's still not, you know, super great in terms of like where the actual physical line is. And Around the corner of corner two as well, where that, where Stewie said in the briefing that he wanted us to be sort of over that line mm-hmm. or on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found that that was like, as soon as you'd get to that stage of where you get close to it as well, and you'd hit that line or you'd go a bit over the line. It was like, whoa! Like, it was ice, yeah. Oh, man, it was ice. It yeah. was ice. But, you know, you, you made it work. And we had pretty shitty conditions as well. I mean, yeah. on Sunday, it cleared up for us. But all Saturday and Saturday morning was just damp. And yeah. you know what matter last like when it gets the slightest drizzle. So, mm-hmm. And then in third, we had Mr. Lindstrom. That guy, I don't know which, whatever, whichever square he's. <laughs> I'm just gonna point at all the squares and mm. whatever one Tate's in, that's Tate. He comes third, so well done, Tate. Proud of you. Thank you. Well done, mate. It's well deserved. You did very well. Um, it was a good, nice change of pace from last round where I just barreled mm. off the rat, the track every chance I got. So uh, it was nice to keep it on the black stuff this time. Yeah, yeah. isn't it amazing how sometimes you'll go out to a track. You either have like a really good day or a really shit day. <laughs> just, yeah. But when it works for you in a really good day, it just it's magic. Yeah, I know that, that I was trying new things mm. in the last round and it was all right in practice because I wasn't putting myself under pressure. And then come the actual comp runs, it all fell apart. So it was good practice for this round where I actually held it together somewhat. Mm. Mm. How good is it when everything changes as soon as it matters? <laughs> I'm, doing, yeah. I'm doing great. Oh, no, where did that go? <laughs> used it all up. But, um, yeah, you spend, you spend all day doing practices and nailing it, and then the one time you actually need to do well, yeah. you just potato yeah. off the track. Yeah, that, that was like that uh, year of DCA, Mount Gambia in 32, where I absolutely butchered qualifying and qualified. I was the last person in, like, I qualified 32nd. And it's because, like, I just did two. I was driving great all day. And then, like, Polly comes around. I'm like, oh, I better try now. And that's when you absolutely whiff it. Mm. <laughs> but um, you actually had, like, it was a pretty close battle between you and, um, and Troy Luchinski, who ended up getting through to the finals. Uh, again, I think that one went to a rerun as well, from memory. Oh, we ran out of reruns. Oh, we had yeah. three yeah, in right, total. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, uh, it was... Sorry? Uh, the, the thing that I... Like, obviously, I was next to the judges. So instead of me being all the way down the front straight this time, I was actually in the grandstand next to the judges, which was nice. So I could kind of, like, eavesdrop a little bit and stuff. The thing that was saving your ass was the fact that Troy was... Troy was being way more aggressive. And, like, I think, you know... Was car was working a bit better for him, but Troy kept cooking the transition between turn one and turn two, like every single time, lead and chase. Because Troy was doing the thing we were talking about, where he would come in too hot into one and too shallow of an angle, end up running out of real estate on the end of one, and then having a really awkward late transition into two, and ending up in the middle of the track instead of being out wide. It rocked. Yeah, and that made it really hard for me. Yeah. (laughs) 
it, it made but that really hard all... to chase him too because yeah. like i was expecting him to come much further like transition much further and earlier in the corner yeah. and then you and then he'd end up like a lurch like straight one and yeah, yeah. but the, it yeah. was noticed by the judges that that was happening like mm. so, which is in the like, top eight when i was against him I noticed he came down the straight, and as we were coming down the straight, I was like, oh, shit, he's coming in hot. Oh, shit, he's coming in hot. Like, yeah. And then he went round, and for that split second where I was like, oh, man, I don't know if he'll make it, um, for that split second, he initiated while I was thinking, and I was like, I've, I've lost it now because he's just gone because I didn't You had a real big straighten between one and two, didn't you, in your chase? I, I did. Because, yeah. Um, basically, what happened was I'd come in and I was like, man, he's real far away now. I'm going to have to try to catch him up. And as I did, as he came back to transition into corner two, I was in just a shit spot. And I yeah. was like, if I don't stop, he's going to wipe the front of the car yeah. off. And so I was like, I'm, I'm going to have to. I, I do remember the, the, the conversation about that and it was, yeah, that was a really shitty um, transition from Troy. It really would have messed up Scotty Roberts if he was like two car lengths closer. Exactly. <laughs> so they're like, exactly. They, were like, was... they can see how you got thrown off by yeah. that, but you weren't but close enough for it to it's be top his eight. Fault. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's top eight. And they wanted to see me on his door on initiation. Yeah. And I should have been, 100%. I should have been. But uh, with the speed that he was sort of hitting it, I was like, I genuinely don't know if I follow him, if I'll make it. Yeah. You know, and um, that that was that was the end for me. But he came up to me after and he's like, I'm really sorry, man. Did that did that chase screw you up? I was like, fucking oath it did. But, <laughs> but I was like, having said that, you also did very well. And I really want you to enjoy this moment. Yeah. So yeah. That's it was it. awesome to see him up. There. It was good like, to see him just have an event where his car didn't explode. Oh, mate, it was when they came back up to us and they announced, I knew that I'd lost, lost. And he came up and Bryony said, you know, Lippy, you're going through. The look in his eyes and just the the sheer joy that he had was huge, you know. And I was hey! like, I just looked over to him and I was just, yeah. <laughs> I just looked at him and I was like, well done, man. Yeah. Like, you know, I had it last time at round two. Now you enjoyed, you know. Also, oh, I had, I, I had a few people that I... I yeah, you know, say congratulations. Said, what was that? She said congratulations to Troy and Ricky. Absolutely, congratulations to Troy. He did really well. And, and he Ricky got married. For getting married. And he got married. <laughs> congratulations on the marriage. I I I said to a couple of people, like, if I was going to lose to anyone, I would have chose Troy. So yeah. I was pretty yeah, happy well, in that regard. That's why when I came back into the pits, I was like, I'm not even mad, like, at all. I was like, I'm happy that he's through. I'm happy that he's managed to do it. And I want to see him go all out. And uh, and put some quarters on his car. Yeah. 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 Someone else hit you. Did he mess up your rap? That's all the comments. It is one of those things when you've just spent, you know, $1,000 on a brand new rap and someone just, stop hitting me. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, I actually didn't mind. Yeah, he hit me feels... so light that it just takes the wrap off. Yeah, Ben, we'll put a big bubble o Bill wrapper on the side of your <laughs> car one day. You, you'll feel our pain. I need some pink and then I can do the bubble o. Yeah. Yeah. Pink is the way. So, speaking of um, Troy breaking his car, Troy only mm. made it to second because um, he exploded a drive shaft, from what I remember. 
Um, is that what happened? Yeah, was it? So they when didn't he, end up when he went spearing off of, off the side of the track. Um, oh, I don't know if you noticed his victory burnout where he just rode gears because he only had one wheel drive. He had, he had, an he impressive lazy, single peg. He had a lazy <laughs> going, so I think he either punched fourth or fifth. Doing, doing a single figure um, for the for the victory burnout. So yeah, unfortunately for uh, for Troy and mechanical, the first run uh, was just a mistake, and then the second run, um, yeah, in battle, it was a it was a mechanical failure, mm. unfortunately there. But uh, it does mean that the man who keeps saying it's a fluke that he's been doing so well, um, Mr. Hayden Hulian, has mm. taken another win, um, and that's he's on a real good run of form right now. The- the guy is just absolutely on fire. He very seldom makes mistakes now. Yeah. And he's just, every time that you're behind him or in front of him, you know, you, you have to push. Yeah. You're going to have to push. He, As with any driver that you're up against in he's L1. He's super committed to his driving right now. So, like... Definitely. Definitely. Um, I don't know if you've joined the the little South Australian Drift Discord thingy, Scotty, yet. Um, for, for the sim, no? drift, for the sim drifting stuff. Oh, the sim. Oh, um, right, but yeah. if you if you finish early from work or jump, yeah, you know, jump on the computer or whatever. Pretty much every night from about five to six thirty seven ish, Hayden Hallhan and Harry Whitehead are just on the sim every night doing laps. Like yeah, right. The, like he's driving so much right now and like just just pushing laps. I laps, really need laps. to upgrade my gear. <laughs> Hayden's on a Logitech. He's just on a he? just on a G twenty seven. Oh man, yeah. that makes me feel real shit. Yeah. So um yeah, That's... he's he's still rocking the Logi, man. And uh Wow, so am I. Yeah, he's just he's just pumping laps and he's just putting so oh. much effort and time into driving and like he's driving so far in the last little bit. Like since mm-hmm. what a double header last year. He had a second and a first. I think round three last year he did well as well. And then this year as well, he's been on the podium pretty much every round. So it's been five, five, uh, five top eights in a row, hasn't it? Probably. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely mm. like just killing it right killing now. It. So massive yeah. shout out to, to Hayden Hallahan for um, yeah, really, really putting on a show. Which is great to say. No, definitely. Yeah. It is. It is funny when you go into uh, the top eight intros, though. He's not a fan. <laughs> Oh, oh man, that poor I, bastard! I remember, he, I remember the first time we were on the podium together. I went, like literally had my arm, arm around him, to, like trying to calm him down, and he's physically shaking. Like yeah, he's, he's just like, no, he's like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, it's all right, man. We'll get through this. Like, it's all mm. good. Like, you know, and like, that's why yeah. we can't have him on the podcast. Poor dude, like he just, yeah, does. <laughs> he just sit there saying nothing. He loved, no, yeah. he loves to talk shit. Like, but he, he doesn't know, like if, you, if you're doing and, like yeah. if you're on the sim and you just like doing laps, it it will talk your ear off. But yeah, public speaking, not so much. <laughs> mm. He's it's been doing a lot of them recently. Well. <laughs> what? 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 In the lineup. <laughs> 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 now he's letting, right. his, he's letting his driving doing the talk, driving <laughs> and doing the talking. All right, but yeah, other than that, um, round three was was real good. We we got super lucky with the weather. Um, it was real shit for the the prac and the the morning practice was wet, and then basically it just managed to stop raining and dry out right in time for the quality rounds, like quality battles to start. And we yeah. didn't have a drop of rain for the rest of the day, so it was really good to have like fast, smoky, like good drifting. Mm. The weather was been loved it, not super hot. Mm. 
little bit of wind, so the wind blew like so the smoke blew away, but it wasn't Malas either, yeah, like was, stinking was... hot or gale force wind. So we got mm. real lucky to to get that nice fine line in the middle. It was truly garbage in the first session. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember I was sorry. I was teaching some of those guys in the morning at the um, at the drift school. And it was me and Davey that were in the S's together. And um, I remember there were people that were just going into the corner, like the S's. We, we all know what those S's are like, especially coming onto the straight. That last S as you come onto the straight, that in the wet is complete ice. And they're saying, what can I do different, you know, to, to stop me from spinning out? I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm like, like, well done. Just keep going. There's nothing you can do about it. I was like, it's just, just come in with a little spinning. less speed just and try. Yeah. <laughs> just keep going. Just keep going. And it was really good, man, because by the end of it, some of them were really getting the hang of it in the wet. And I was like, that's that's impressive for like, you know, people that are coming out and doing the S's in the wet to see their progression from the start to the finish was crazy. One of the coolest things about do, like doing drift school instructing is like mm, you have your little, you, you pick your spot. And you, you do that and just watching people progress through the day is, is really yeah. cool. Like there was this dude in this Falcon, AU Falcon. It was an auto and he just welded the diff in the back of it. Yeah, boy. And, uh, you know, oh, he, he, he rocks up. You know, this thing's stock as a rock, man. Absolutely stock as a rock. It was like champagne colour. I don't know if you've seen it or not. But he takes off from the, from the start and he's just up. Oh! Uh, the whole way down to the S's and nails it. Absolutely nailed it. It was crazy. <laughs> I got a story about, so that guy is um, someone that I actually met the week before at Elizabeth's shopping center. Really? He came up to me and he said, I'm going to enter Prack. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, have you ever drifted before? And he's like, yeah. And he gets his phone out and he shows me a picture of him doing a standstill. Oh, yeah. Burnout. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. I said, if you go in prac, I'm not sure if they'll be super keen on that. Maybe yeah. you should enter school. And so yeah. I actually helped him and went through and showed him where on the website to yeah. uh, sign up for the school and everything like that. And I'm like, mm. he didn't end up doing it in front of me. He said, I'll do it when I get home. And I'm like, uh, we'll see if he if he turns up because, you know, sometimes it's the, the kind of thing where they get all excited at the time and then there they go. Three hundred dollars, dudes. So uh, I was I was quite happy when he he rocked up in the morning for scrutineering, got through mm. scrutineering, and uh, he came out to Southerns because I was out there doing the reverse Southerns um, tuition, and uh, he had a couple of cracks at it. He, he it was at the start of the day and he wasn't moving very quickly, mm. and I, I ended up actually driving the the AU there and trying to figure out how to drift it into a corner and like flick it enough in the wet to get the ass end out. And yeah. Um, yeah. Teaching him how to do that and then watched him through the day and he progressed and got way better. Once he realized he needed to go a bit faster, it was, yeah. it was a cool thing to see from that, like, you know, in Elizabeth shopping center all the way out to the track and actually. Yeah. He drifting. actually came out and he had yeah. a ball too, man. Like after he came out of the S's and he came back to the start line again, he was just grinned from ear to ear was just loving it oh yeah that's yeah. the best thing it's it's good to see because people go like oh how do i get into drifting it's like mm. why a bunga 
Yeah. Whatever, whatever Bunga means to you, whether it's a five hundred dollar mm. AU with a like what AU with a world of diff, or if a Bunga to you is a ten thousand dollar NA gap car, mm. whatever a Bunga is to you, buy a Bunga, go to a drift school, give it a go, like give it a crack. We had a student in the V35 on the skid pan go through the tire stacks. Aaron was telling me about that. Go through the tire, the, like, the tire forwards. stacks. Yes, forwards. He was, he was white as a ghost. Aaron came up to me and told me about that. I'm like, dude, you're okay. Right. <laughs> he went far enough that the tire stacks that weren't touched were at the rear wheels of the car. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, shouldn't but, laugh, but like, he's giving it a go. Yeah, he's it giving it, it a go. It happens. Give it a red hot crack. He, yeah. uh, he panicked and into hit the wrong sun. pedal. Uh, oh, he pinched a foot in it. Oh, he might have, yeah. <laughs> but it's got one of those um, like squishy front bars on it. And you can yeah. barely yeah. notice that it went through a tire. Like, those tire stacks are a couple deep, too. Mm. You wouldn't even know yeah, if, right. you, if you gave it a bit of a polish. <laughs> all right so what do we, what do we got upcoming tate we got some events coming up at the uh end of this month start of next month kind of thing going on we do so we got um there's a glitter gang day coming up not tomorrow i don't know it depends when this comes next out friday, but on the first of first of september whatever um, the friday is after you listen to this unless you listen to this after the first of september and then not <laughs> <laughs> so uh that that day out there, that should be pretty cool. Um, obviously, women's only. Um, well, I don't know if it's technically it's, it's women's women, only. Women set, women centric. So, um, Brony sent me a message going, "Oh, just like Chloe want to come out and do it." I went, "We would love to, but the first of the month on a Friday at Chloe's work means that she is definitely not going to be able to get the day off and do it on a Friday." But yeah. thanks anyway. And she's like, "Oh, you know." Also, in that message, she goes like, "Obviously, like partners are welcome. We're going to have a, like a partner session at the end of the day as well." So, like, you know, so there, there's boys allowed. It's not no boys allowed, but it's definitely you know focused on the women. Yeah, and so it's a government supported, from what I believe, event. Yeah, true. so yeah. I don't exactly know what's going on that with like the specifics of it but there is a government initiative for you know funding stuff towards motorsport and glitter gang has as part of that funding so and they met really the, was it the premier or, or something along those lines or an i don't know i watched a thing on um today tonight and all i did was got the screenshot of where my sticker was on the front of kane's car and went as seen on tv <laughs> <laughs> so that should be good i'm probably renting out the 32 to an interstate driver coming across for the event um so that should be that should be fun um i gotta do a bit of work on it this weekend but uh yeah they're gonna have hopefully a few interstate drivers come across and um should be a a good event nice nice so um yeah it's uh friday the first of september september uh, at Malala Motorsport Park. The cool thing is, is they've got the um, so the last couple of glitter gang days have obviously been skid pan days, but this one they've they've gone all out and they actually got the main track at Malala. Mm. So it's not just going to be a skid pan day this time. They have the the full full main track. So that's really cool. Yep. So that's something to look forward to. Um, you're going off to keep it right you bought a car over there or something? Uh, I haven't yet because he has to get it running before. I- really hope I'm buying a car otherwise <laughs> you see a post from me next week going want to buy a cage drift car in SA or Victoria 10k budget 
I haven't bought a car, but <laughs> uh, it's looking it's looking like it's good. But yeah, both Jack and I are going over for the uh, final round of Battle Royale at Calder Park, and that's going to be the following Friday, so the eighth of September. So that should be really good. So go over there, couple of Commodore boys. I think it's the uh, the crossover layout, which is what I was most. I I wanted to drive Calder. I do not want to do FD layout. So anything that's no, not FD no. layout, I'm I'm interested in. I uh, I wanted to do that event, and then I realised that I'd just been away for a month and had negative annual leave, so that kind of got <laughs> scrubbed oh, off the board. Oh, but uh, oh, yeah, the crossover I, layout, that's the one. After we're done with this, I have a story to talk to you about your annual leave and staying away from work. Just remind me. <laughs> I'm not going to throw you under the bus on the podcast, but afterwards we have to have a chat. <laughs> um, have you got a tow car yet, Ben, either? No, nah, no, nah, I've got a tow car. Um, you got I'm, the ute? I'm using the work ute, yeah. So that that's fine. It's got a nice big bull bar for when I inevitably hit a roo, because I seem to hit a roo every time we drive into state. There's no roos going that way. Uh, I'll find one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't don't underestimate my roo-seeking <laughs> capability. I'm gonna laugh yeah. when you hit an emu instead. <laughs> in a fucking wombat, fucking roll the car. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I think um, there's also DriftX is coming up at later on that month, but that's already sold out. That's sold out in an hour, which is absolutely and insane. World Time Attack. And World Time Attack is this weekend coming. Next weekend. Next weekend. Uh, fly out so next same Thursday. Same as Glitter Gang. Same weekend as Glitter Gang. Correct. So are you driving or no, 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 mate. I'm, a, I'm just going up there to fanboy. Okay. <laughs> nice. So, nice. No, I, I've been up there a few times, and um, yeah, just obviously really cool to see all the big boy cars that are there, and and yeah. um, just be a part of it. it Look, I, it's awesome always, I think it's going to be always worth going just to listen to Ryan Turk's Judd. Oh man, I'm so keen for that. That is going to oh sound unbelievable. I remember one year I went, and the whole reason why I went was to go see that 767B. And yeah, yeah. that was unbelievable. Like, they, he saw me. I had my 767B shirt on. <laughs> and I was fanboying hard. And <laughs> they were all Japanese, and they're like, ah, you know, just standing next to me. Like, like, oh, no, I better not do that. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I knew it. Um, <laughs> And uh, next minute they started this thing. Holy shit. You can feel it pulse in your chest. Unreal. Yeah. That was seriously cool. And to hear that thing scream was crazy. All right. Well, we've we've been going for about an hour now. So I think we're, get, we're getting towards the end of it now. So yeah. we do, we did uh, have a post on the, uh, on the Instagrams and the, the Facebook. The outside line sixty nine. If you want to give us a follow, yeah, yeah, nice. We don't post fuck all, but I will try eventually. <laughs> um, but yeah, we did ask for some questions. We had a lot of questions. We had a lot of questions that aren't usable at all. Oh um, Jesus! Here we but go. We do have we ha- we do have some that actually. I thought he got serious questions. Followed we by do have some somewhat of... serious questions. And <laughs> last time we did this with Aussie, we ended up going on uh, basically half an hour chat about like mental health and motorsport, which is actually, yeah, it was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get started. We got our first question comes from Dylan Winton. 
And uh, he asked, Scott, did you ever think that you, when you were a kid back in year 11 in 2003, that you'd be the guy you are today, drifting at Malala and appearing on a podcast? And he Never. actually had a photo of your He had a photo. photo. <laughs> with everyone blurred out except you. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Far out. And um, you really look like you're at school in 2003. <laughs> oh, yeah. This little chubba chub. Um, no, nah, definitely not. I mean, I was always into cars, but I never thought that it would get to, to where it is now, for sure. But I'm not complaining about it. Love it. <laughs> So I got another question. This one's from Maddie Wien. You've touched on this topic a little bit, but uh, if there's any other bits you want to talk about, mm. you can. Um, so he said, Scott, from my point of view, a couple of years ago, you were a lot harder on yourself, not getting results. In recent times, you seem to have let go of that and your driving has improved. What do you think the changing factors were for you? Definitely a good question. Um, the the changing factor for me was the driving with the other guys for sure um and just sort of getting to the stage of where you can drive with them and then all of a sudden you aren't as far away as you thought you were going to be and that's a massive confidence boost in itself uh, and also the mentality of just not not giving a shit you know just going out there not putting yourself on a pedestal and having that that absolute mindset of what will be, will be, you know, there's nothing that you can do to change it. There's no point in getting upset about stuff. You go out there and you just give a, a real good crack and you just hope for the best. And that's been the mentality this year, definitely. And it will be the mentality for the oncoming years as well. I hope. Yeah, right. Awesome. You want to take the next one, Jack? Yeah, so uh, I guess Solo, is that Michael Solomon? Yeah. Yeah. Ask this question, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Scotty, what's your three favourite iconic race liveries from any motorsport discipline? <clears throat> oh, any motorsport. So I, I guess it's like... probably, it might not be a livery, but I'm guessing that Mazda, that 767. Yeah, that's, that's one. The, the renowned one, the, the, the yeah. green and orange. Yeah, the green, mm. orange and white. Yeah, that's that's definitely a massive favourite. Um if I can go into different sort of uh, bikes. sports. You can see it coming. <laughs> I'm a big fan of MotoGP liveries, man. I, I've always loved the Repsol Hondas. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is that, iconic. That orange, yeah. you know, that that look is is probably a favourite of mine for sure. Like doing, like doing spec. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. that's been the Repsol Honda. Even the Itamitsu Hondas with the big, you know, Itamitsu oil on the side of them. They look really yeah. cool too. Um and lastly, if you're going to talk about drift, I think you can't go past Nakamura's thing. You know, that, oh, yeah. that's the, just, the burst, the purple uh, burst. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that, that style of what he's come up with, with the pink and the purple and the graphics down the side of it. To, to me, that's just so jap and so raw drift, you know? And it's just, yeah, that's that's probably the three favourites for sure. Yeah, really. Wait, I'd have, I'd have to go for myself, I think, of the Castrol livery. Whether it was yeah. that the the Supra from Gran Turismo One, or it was a Larry Perkins, um, on what VT days in supercars, that was yeah. that was right. I'm that, trying to remember if that's correct. That that like the the Supra style, like the green and red teardrop, that also spanned a whole bunch of like. Cause you also had 
um, the Salikas and the the AE one eleven Corollas. Um, the same same like the ones that transcended from one um one branch of motorsport to another also you know really had that I, and then anything with a cigarette on it was also iconic yeah if you like want to Marlboro, 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 yeah. camel racing yeah. camel racing yeah. had a sick livery yeah do you know what most people don't even realize triple five like the world rally championship Subarus. triple five is a japanese smoke brand huh there you go yeah yeah, so yeah, like, because yeah, you just look at it and go, oh, you call him a crazy guy. It's like, what, what's triple five? Yeah, triple five was thingies in Japan. For, for a long time, I thought it was like their uh, triple zero in Japan. Oh. Like, I've got to say, yeah. No, yeah. WRXs are no longer powered by vapes and powered by darts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just now just picturing Colin McRae going on with like just the, like his version of slip, slop, and slap down the side of his super. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, what have we got the next one? So, um, well, Jack asked the question, he can answer, he, he can ask it again. You want to ask your own question, or do you want no. me to read this one? Uh, so this is from, uh, what is this? This is from uh, Jack uh, Snell. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, <clears throat> what a top bloke. Uh, Scotty, what's your favourite thing about uh, drifting compared to other forms of motorsport? Um, obviously, I know that you you know got your race bikes and you're into that as well. But uh, what makes drifting better than anything else in the world? The fact that it's raw from start to finish, hundred percent. I mean, you can go to any sort of motorsport around the world, whether it be F1, MotoGP. Uh, V8 supercars or whatever it is. Yeah. And most of those guys are racing it, dare I say, 30, 40% for, you know, probably 85% of the race. And then towards the end of it, they really start kicking into gear, getting into it. And that's when the action starts happening uh, to preserve their tires and fuel and so forth. It's all part of race strategy, which is awesome for us. But I mean, with drifting, it's just, there's none of that. You go out and you are just absolutely to the yeah. limit. At, from the start to the finish yeah. that's what i love about it it's just you know you're not going to see anybody pussy put it around there they're just going to go hard yeah perfect. it's that's right it's also something that's weird with drifting um not so much weird but like you have this really big adrenaline and dopamine rush and then these mm. big crashes because mm. you have yeah you, sit, you yeah. sit around for half an hour between like you know you one battle and the next battle sometimes longer maybe it's an hour Mm. And then you've got 30 seconds of like, you have to go now, bang, go. Can't make That's it. It's not like, you know, doing a race where like you are, you get warmed up, like everyone scrambles at the start and then you, you get that, you know, that rhythm and that routine and you, you just never get a chance cool. to settle in. Yeah. That's right. Like, yeah. yeah. Cool. You never it's, get that with drifting. It's like you either absolutely like balls to the wall. Like I've got mm. to go right now and do, and not stuff up and make this perfect lap. Mm. And then, you roll around and you wait a couple of seconds and you go do it again and then you roll around and they park you up and then you sit there and you wait to find out did I do good did I do good did I fuck up did I do good and then exactly. they go yeah and you're like sick and then you go mm. and they're like cool now I'll wait until they basically tell me to come up and do it again or yeah. they go no nah, you're no good no you're like fuck this fuck all right let's go have a beer or you know whatever like yeah exactly yeah so like it is speaking of which how good was Hemmings burnout. <laughs> man oh man he did the whole straight just lock those front wheels <laughs> that um that yeah that's definitely a good way to ruin a steer tire oh man i was like yeah. oh that'd, that'd just be yeah exactly mm. all right 
Next question. We're going to get through these. We'll go through these. Uh, I, I, I categorized them by uh, serious and Yeah, we've got some slightly so. less serious as we have one from <laughs> Brony Solomon this time. And she asked, if the Mr. Sparkle Homer wasn't available, what other Homer Simpson meme would be a tattoo on your butt? <laughs> so it's funny. I'm, I'm eventually, it's like a joke that I've got between my, my tattoo artist and myself. Like I said, I'm going to get Mr. Sparkle on my ass cheek one day. And I told Bryony about it and she just loved it. Uh, so that's why she's asked the question. But um, it'd have to be the two greatest words in the history of English dictionary. Default, for sure. Oh, my God. I, I thought possibly you could go with the Homer disappearing into the bushes meme. That one or but, but another between, one is him dancing the with the candy or the one he, with him dancing with the candy, just <laughs> like with the lollipops there. That one as well. Oh, there's, there's definitely a few to choose from. Yeah. Uh, so we've got one from Dale. How was your first campaign <laughs> shower? Oh, that sounds racy. It was a campaign shower. It was, that was funny, man. Like when we were given the champagne, like that was my first sort of real champagne event, Open. shower, whatever, pop and whatever. And I looked at Dale and I was like, right, you're, <laughs> you're done, man. Like when we was up there, he's like, you don't know how this works, do you? I said, what do you mean? And he's like, you're fucked. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you? I was like, what do you mean, dude? And he's like, you're like getting drenched, man. I was like, oh, dude, I don't even have clothes like to, to do this. And then I didn't think it was going to be that bad. And then even the L2 guys were like, <laughs> just all over me. And Stewie came up, like, poured it over my head. And I was just a wet mess. And then he turns around to me and he goes, now put you. Do a skid, but put your helmet on. I'm like, oh, wicked. So, <laughs> yeah, just, just fruity Lexi is finest, just dripping out of it. But no, it was it was cool to experience it, but they're definitely not as glorious as you think they are. No, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah. No, no. yeah, I I was asking for instructions on the <laughs> podium because I was the just like, thing you said though, the funniest thing you said all all day was. When Renee, I gave you the trophy and then Renee goes to give you the envelope with your prize money and you go, I don't have enough hands for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did watch I the live stream back and I saw that. the live stream. The live stream dipped when she yeah. said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just, it was so good. Yeah, it was that, that and the burnout. I was just like, I haven't really done many burnouts before. Mm. I just asked him and he's like, just pull forth. Mm. <laughs> I just cannot throw a gear until it bogs and then go back and then you're good. Yeah. <laughs> All yes. right. So, uh, uh, Kenny, I, I'm hoping that you'll be able to add some uh, context here. But he wants to know, is the tyre Uber service going to be a regular Scott's Roberts service in future events? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, if he gives me a beer, I'll do it. No, I... um. I was getting my tires changed and so was he. And he'd walked all the way down from his, from his garage and he was walking all the way back with it as well. And I had obviously my van down there and I was like, dude, I'll just, just throw him in the back. So ever since then, he's like, will you be my Uber? So <laughs> but yeah, I'd do that for, for anybody out there, man. If they got, you know, tires that need to be taken back, whack them in the back of the shagging wagon, mate, we're good. All right, I'll let you take these uh, last two, Ben. 
Uh, do you want to ask any, Jack? Are you, are you good? I'll, I'll do the last one. The I'll last one? A similar question, but... Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, Holland's. yeah, that... Uh, Holland's really asked your question again, but asked it louder, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Uh, and then he wrote a mine. He's like, oh, I didn't see you wrote this already. <laughs> All right, anyway, Davey Clark comes to us with, uh, when's the OnlyFans starting? I want to see some, <laughs> some wild <laughs> shit with a powder-coated gun. I will also pay, if you oh. do a, a, a premium subscription... So <laughs> what are you looking at on the chuck truck today? <laughs> oh, Those Snapchats are the highlight of my morning sometimes. Those oh, Sim rolls. <laughs> so, some of the shit that's on that van, dude. Holy crap. Like, I t- yeah, for, for those that don't know, there's a food van that comes past work every morning. And one morning I went into the back to get me pie or whatever it was from out the back. And I've opened it up and I've just gone, what is that? And it was a hot dog bun with three dim sims in it with cheese, mayonnaise, what? and barbecue sauce. <laughs> I've just gone, who, what is that? Like, who eats that? I could just imagine some tradie just scoffing that with a dare ice coffee. And now Scotty has like, that every morning. <laughs> really? She's like, what was it? It's heaps popular in Melbourne. I'm like, that makes sense. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, well, we kind of put pies in soup over here so we're weird too but yeah i just couldn't bring myself to to bring the old dim sim roll yeah that's weird mm. yeah and the only fans well I'll sort something out <laughs> all right and uh hollands has asked with enough prep time on a clear open grass field with no weapons how many toddlers <laughs> do you think you could fight before being overwhelmed by numbers oh that is a really controversial, like, <laughs> how do you answer that? What, just bash children out of the way? Uh, no, like, no, no weapons. No weapons. <laughs> no weapons. That includes the fists. That's a weapon. Oh, man. So oh, you no, really just got to shove and... and no, just, you can just... kick and punch. Just oh, nothing. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 there's serious questions that need to be asked here. Like, yeah. <laughs> are they, are they, hard hitting are they smart as adults, but they're oh. just in toddler bodies? Oh, so are they going to corner you? We're talking, we're talking zom- you zombie horde. Oh, oh, Scotty, Scotty Scotty they got, they they got tiny legs. How long can you run? And they want it. Oh, <laughs> well, those super babies from Brazil. Either <laughs> one. It's just, oh, man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Let, let, let's go with 20 to be safe. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Oh. And, on, and on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> thank uh, you. Thank you. Thanks, Scotty, for joining us. Uh, it's been, uh, it's been good to have a chat. Me, it's yeah. it's glad. Uh, like, we're happy to see that, you know, you've had the success this year and it's, it's all starting to come together for you. And it's really yeah, good just rocking up and seeing you and having chats to you at events where you're just generally enjoying yeah. yourself again. Like, even... Even without, like, before the win, around one, you just had that real good, you know, that attitude shift has really been good to see. And it's great yeah, to see you coming out and enjoying drift events instead of coming out and, you know, almost dreading it sometimes, yeah. it seemed like. so. Yeah, it, it, there was. There, it was sort of, uh, for the longest time, it sort of felt like a job, but now it's fun. So, yeah, just having an absolute ball. Uh, that's awesome, man. Um, I'm Scotty Roberts, Scott Roberts, 22 on Instagram. If someone wants to give you a follow, 
Scott underscore Roberts underscore 22, something like that. I think that's I think that's it. Something like that. Um, obviously, again, thanks, Tate, for joining us. Um, Tate Lindstrom, 73. One-arm band yeah, at 73. Uh, One-arm band at 73, I reckon. One-arm band at 73. Uh, Jack, it's Jackson Snell and uh, JDS Motorsport. And I'm Ben Bogenzoku. <laughs> on on all the things. On all the things. But again, this has been episode 21 of The Outside Line. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, or listening, because we are on Spotify as well, so Spotify and Facebook. And we'll be back, hopefully, maybe before round four and five. But it's a double header that's coming up, so we're going to have to do one before and one afterwards, surely, right? Yeah, we'll do I one think so. We, we can't there do is one so on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> or can we? Oh, live show? Live show. Live oh, show. There you go. There's and an idea. Big four between oh, round four yeah. and five. Oh, oh, yeah. Could be done. We won't do it like we won't go live, but we can do a live recording. Why not? That's the Get best. a couple of likes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, Stewie's dad had a hell of a setup out there. He did. He did. So actually, if we could grab the mics. Chat, actually, maybe. big shout out to everyone that made the PA and everything work at Panalar on the weekend instead of having to use Panalar's yeah. antiquated. Um, PA system. We actually had, our, and we had like when we didn't have the live stream and the, and the commentary going, we had drum and bass cranking. It was so good yeah, rocking up sick. at a drift event at ten in the morning and just yeah. hearing like drum and bass, like just cranking. I actually need that playlist. Like, like, Saturday night, it was... already just like popping around. Like... It's not mix one hundred two point three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or triple M. <laughs> triple M. That's it. Triple M. What is it? Roll really racing. Good. Listen to Jimmy Barnes every three minutes. Yeah. It, it was yeah. great that everyone could hear it because when I yeah. called my father-in-law, my stepfather, it was just everyone could hear it. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. All right. Thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us, and we will see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.